Please note our website has changed to riskcommentary.ca. You're listening to the Risk Commentary Podcast. Are you responsible for managing risk but feel frustrated with a confused process? Your host, Edward Robertson, has helped clients not only face uncertainty but also solve chronic business problems by using clear methods with a minimal footprint. Do it right and your people will smile, love the risk process and invite you back. Stay tuned to find out how. Welcome to the Risk Commentary Podcast. This is Episode 4, Enterprise Risk Management, Definition and Core Practice. Well, in prior episodes, I devoted time to offer some critique of what I take to be some misconceptions in the field of enterprise risk management. And I explained, at least in part, what may have caused some of these myths or misconceptions to arise. And at the same time, I highlighted the extraordinary need for good risk management that still is with us today. Even though there are difficulties in implementation, there are difficulties in linking the risk practice to strategy and improving the actual value of the risk management process. These difficulties are all persisting according to the evidence in the surveys. So with that much as background, we can start to look into the enterprise risk management process, at least the one that I recommend. We won't be describing in detail how to actually do the whole thing in this podcast episode. That's too much material. But what we can do is start with an introductory piece on the definitions that I recommend. And this will give us a, a good foundation. So right away, I have a dilemma in the narrative, and that is to decide whether to launch straight into the definitions and present them uh, sort of for you to accept at face value, or to actually explain the rationale, uh, the why, how I got there. I think it's important to do a bit of that, because we want to take an approach to, to ERM that is really deliberate, uh, mindful, conscious. We don't want to simply accept um, some formula that's given to us by me or, or anyone else. Now, at the same time, I recognize that there are different learning styles, and some don't care too much about the rationale. They just want to go straight to what they think is going to work. And that's fine. So uh, that's the reason why I've got show notes with the timestamps. So you're able to jump to the uh, areas and the subject matter that are of most interest to you. All right. So I'll start with a bit of the background for those who are interested. The first question likely is, you know, why did I create my own definitions? Why do I have to sort of reinvent the wheel? Because uh, you might say, aren't the definitions and the methods described in the standards good enough? Uh, aren't they really comprehensive and built on, you know, a whole body of experience by professionals and so on and so forth? So I did talk about this before, but just let me reiterate here. The whole idea of recreating my own definitions is to address the fact that the standards really do not give detailed advice on how to conduct risk identification and assessment, nor do they give advice on how to implement a new management practice and roll it out across and through the organization. So I think it's possible that those deficiencies, if it's even fair to call them that, might be responsible for the fact that many managers uh, in many different verticals, different industries who try to implement risk methods were simply not able to do it in a way that was uh, that delivered results that was really convincing for them. So the definitions that I present do not, of course, tell the whole story of how to implement enterprise risk management, but the definitions do contain a series of elements that reflect a precise method, which can be elaborated. 
So the next point has to do with the nature of a management technique and to recognize that uh, a management tool is not the way to ultimate truth. We don't pretend that risk management and its results present uh, anything absolute. It's simply a rational tool that we've constructed to impose some kind of order on chaotic reality. So our method uses logic and a, a defined procedure, but within that structure we can accommodate uh, both quantitative and qualitative information as well as relatively objective information, that is data and hard numbers and so on, as well as a well-informed subjective judgment or professional memory all with the recognition that we're trying to be as comprehensive and diligent as possible within the constraints that are imposed upon us. The next point about my methods is that it is principles-based. In other words, I'm not categorical or dogmatic about how something has to be done, although I might insist on a certain principle. So, for example, there's the principle of being comprehensive. We have to be comprehensive in our risk ID, otherwise it's not really enterprise risk management. And I've got a way to be comprehensive, but if you can present another way to be comprehensive that's more effective in your working situation, then I'm all for it. Now, my last point about my approach to definitions is that I characterize it as authoritative in the sense that I ground it in an important definition in the international standards. The three standards, COSO, uh, ISO 31000, and its predecessor, Australia New Zealand 4360, they overlap in one important aspect, and that is in their definition of risk. They all take risk to be uh, the uncertainty that is associated with goals and objectives. And that is precisely where we start, and that's how I ground my definitions and my approach. So here's a quick summary of my rationale and approach to definitions. First of all, our own definitions are needed because the standards simply don't give sufficient detailed advice, either in the sense of doing risk ID and assessment or rolling out such a practice. The other thing is that we're recognizing that this is a management technique that doesn't pretend to reach ultimate truth. It's simply a rational tool that we're using to impose some kind of order on chaotic reality so that we can reach relatively correct decisions. And while I might insist on certain principles, such as being comprehensive in the risk ID, I'm not dogmatic on actually how to get there. And finally, I say my approach is authoritative insofar as it agrees with the definition of risk that is given in three of the prominent international standards. So with that discussion of rationale out of the way, let's proceed straight to my definition for enterprise risk management. And it is as follows. The distributed practice of high-quality risk assessment applied to strategy and operations in all domains in support of aligned corporate goals and values. So that's the uh, definition that I crafted and published in my book, Solving the Enterprise Risk Management Puzzle. So as I indicated, the elements in the definition give you some sort of guideline as to a method. So let me now explain how the parts of the definition actually reflect the different elements of your method to roll out enterprise risk management. So the first point is that it's a distributed practice. That means that we're expecting everyone who's responsible for managing any program area to be responsible for the risk that is incurred in that program area. 
And while we might have a chief risk officer or a similar function in the organization, we can't expect that office to understand, be aware of, and control or mitigate all of the risk. That's simply an unfair expectation. Rather, the function of the chief risk officer or the similar function that you've got in your organization is to enable the risk methods to be applied uh, across all of the various department areas. The next element in the definition is high-quality risk assessment. So I call this high-quality risk assessment in order to differentiate it from an ill-defined, unstructured, or sort of informal discussion of risk that people might engage in when they first entertain the idea of instituting risk management in their business or organization, and they're actually non-experts. So there's no blame in this whatsoever. We can't expect people who are non-experts in risk ID who really haven't had a chance to investigate the question to see right away that um, there's really more to risk ID than meets the eye. So it it took us quite a while to, to figure it out. And George Head, one of the luminaries in the field, said risk identification is as much an art as it is a science. So the question then arises, you know, is everyone expected to use this new process? And I did mention with regard to sub-frameworks or sub-disciplines, that a uniformity of methods is not needed. In other words, we're going to accept the fact that, let's say, the IT security folks have their categories of risk analysis and that they're doing well in identifying risk in their own domain. Or that could be the same with, let's say, uh, environmental audit or health and safety and so on. So I do stand by that point. But in order to subsume these various practices under ERM, as I said, we have to make sure that they're aligning with corporate goals, corporate uh, strategic aim and values. And at the same time, there's another qualification that I did not mention before, and that is it's often the case that an existing risk management practice will really appreciate and benefit from the high-quality risk assessment process that we deliver. Why? Because it's uh, highly rigorous and it's delivering results, so they might wish to, to consider it. The next element in the definition is strategy and operations. In other words, we can't really call it ERM if we're not applying risk methods to both strategy and operations. Now that doesn't mean that we can't start with some operational area to do trials and to experiment with our risk ID process to make sure that it's working all right before we roll it out to other department areas or even before we try to apply it to strategy. And as we go along, you'll see that I really favor an incremental approach to implementation. The next element is all domains. And that means, of course, that we can't limit our risk assessment to, let's say, uh, what is insurable risk or simply financial risk or uh, hazard risk. No, we are responsible for covering the entire spectrum of all risk categories, all risk areas. The next element in the definition is aligned goals and objectives, which implies, first of all, that there is some kind of planning regime. And secondly, that the plans arrived at are all oriented and supporting the same strategic aim and the same corporate identity. Next, you'll see that we include in the definition corporate values. I think values have been misunderstood in the sense that they're taken to be more or less platitudes that might appear in the glossy annual report at year-end. But it's important to take values seriously because they can be sources of risk and sources of actual economic value and differentiators for the organization in the marketplace. So I hope that that gives you a good sense of my approach to enterprise risk management. Encapsulated in that definition, I essentially just want a really good 
uh, risk ID and assessment process, but I want that to be applied universally to strategy and operations across the organization in all domains, and I want to make sure that the whole planning regime is properly aligned. Um, and if that's not too much to ask, then we've got a system of ERM. So honestly, I don't think it's really overly complex or uh, overly burdensome. The points that I'm insisting on are really points of quality, not points that significantly add to the work volume. Now, as I indicated in the previous episode on busting myths, I think that the concern about the administrative burden can be answered by the fact that the high-quality risk assessment really introduces efficiency into the management process. So let me now give you the definition of high-quality risk assessment, which I intended to give you as the uh, second definition that I crafted to support our ERM initiative. So I define the risk identification and assessment process, which I characterize as high-quality risk assessment, as follows. The comprehensive identification and analysis of phenomena that could prevent the achievement of objectives or compromise associated values of a researched and planned program, followed by a principled response. Now again, if we take the elements of the definition, we're going to get a good sense of how to operationalize this practice. So the first element in the definition is comprehensive. As I indicated before, it's an important principle in enterprise risk management. We can't limit the identification of risk to simply what is uh, insurable risk or what is hazard risk or what is financial risk. No, we have to actually cast the net wide and capture risk in all domains, in all the various categories of risk that we can possibly bring to the table. So once we identify the phenomena that could introduce some sort of uncertainty or hindrance to our intended goals and objectives, in other words, the risks themselves, we can analyze them. And by that, I mean really subject them to uh, four lenses, that is, four views, in in order to arrive at a a decision about each one. And I'll get into exactly what those four lenses are all about. Next in the definition, you see that I've reiterated both the ideas of objectives and then also associated values. And then the next element in the definition, and this is important, I think this is really missing from much of the discourse, a researched and planned program. That means that if the corporate goals are simply residing in one person's head, we can't take that too seriously. Why? Because it's not open to scrutiny and discussion, nor is there any guarantee that they were arrived at through a process of actually systematically investigating what all of the emerging issues are, what the environment is all about, what the competition is doing, what other jurisdictions are doing, and so on. So why all of this close scrutiny of the planning regime? Well, let me read to you one paragraph by way of warning. One key message here is do not fall into the trap of trying to lead a risk ID session, much less implement an entire ERM program where goals and objectives are poorly defined. Do not become embroiled in conducting risk assessment for groups who have not done their research and created coherent plans. Any discussion of risk without adequate preparation will end up going around in circles because the target for identifying risk keeps changing in people's minds. This confusion will reflect poorly on the risk ID process and will damage your own, the facilitator's, credibility. The principle is that risk management cannot substitute for proper planning. And finally, in the definition, we have followed by a principled response. What I mean by that is 
to follow the stages indicated in the risk management process in order to have a consistent response. Well, now that we've covered the definitions of enterprise risk management and high-quality risk assessment that I propose, I want to finish today's episode with a discussion of high-quality risk assessment and its significance. So I characterize high-quality risk assessment as being the core practice, really the essential practice in an enterprise risk management regime. And it's the thing that you should start with. Um, If you don't get this right, then there's almost no point in continuing with trying to implement an ERM program. That might sound harsh, but that's the reality because the risk ID and assessment process really has to inspire in the participants some sort of special insight that they had not perceived before. And if that happens, then things really start to take off. By contrast, if the risk ID and assessment process is simply a bland rehash of issues that people are already aware of, then the value of the whole thing in the minds of the participants is going to diminish and eventually the program will just fall by the wayside. So just to recap, let's be clear. When you experiment with your risk ID and assessment process, what you're aiming for is some sort of an aha moment where people say, okay, now I really understand. I really have true insight into our risk profile, which I didn't have before. Not only that, but this is helping us really clarify our goals, clarify how we operationalize our values. It can lead us to realize how we can solve a chronic business problem, how we can improve our relationship with a major stakeholder, you know, things of that nature. And when that starts to happen, you'll know because people from across the organization will be calling you saying, we've got something really important. We hear you've got a good process. Can you come and help us? So by way of summary, let's review what we've accomplished today. We've actually established a definition of enterprise risk management, a working definition that tells us it's the distributed practice of high-quality risk assessment. We characterized high-quality risk assessment as the core practice in ERM, which is so important to experiment with and develop until you and your team are satisfied that this process really inspires new insights into the risk profile. It's really necessary to take a look at the planning practice in the organization and make sure that it's really of high quality so that we can begin risk assessment on a sound footing. So in our next episode, we'll take a closer look at high-quality risk assessment, how to conduct it, and why the details of that process are so important to get right to guarantee the quality to make the magic happen in your risk ID and assessment process. So until the next episode, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Please note our website has changed to riskcommentary.ca. Visit today for episode transcripts as well as books and online courses. That's riskcommentary.ca.